Hey everyone, I'm David Finns. And on this episode of the Cyber Insurance Imperative, we're going to revisit the Securities and Exchange Commission's proposed cybersecurity rules, which were the subject of an earlier episode. When these rules were originally proposed, the SEC solicited public comment over a 60-day period, which expired on May 9th. Not surprisingly, the business community had a few things to say about these proposed rules. One of the key issues that the comments focused on was timing. Simply put, a four-business-day time frame for reporting a material incident may be impractical and could even hinder the incident response. Some comments called for a 30-day time frame, even longer for smaller registrants, and also for authorizing regulators to grant extensions in special circumstances. Another suggestion was to explicitly permit delayed reporting when the registrant is complying with the directives of law enforcement. Some definitions in the proposed rules have been criticized as being vague or inconsistent with other regulatory requirements. One solution might be to rely upon definitions set forth by the National Institute of Standards and Technologies or from other laws on the books, such as the Cybersecurity Incident Reporting for Critical Infrastructure Act. Either the NIST framework or the definitions in CERCIA could help eliminate some confusion around what constitutes a reportable cybersecurity incident. One of the more groundbreaking proposals from the SEC is to require a disclosure of cybersecurity expertise at the board level. This was viewed by many commentators as overly burdensome, particularly on smaller companies. If this requirement can't be removed altogether, it may end up being possible to satisfy the need for this expertise at the level of senior management. Equally concerning is the requirement that companies outline their risk management strategy in disclosures. The issue is that sort of transparency could provide threat actors with the proverbial keys to the kingdom by offering them intel as to an organization's vulnerabilities. Suggestions ranged from severely limiting the type of information to be included in such disclosures to eliminating the requirement altogether. There were comments in other areas as well, such as around how the safe harbor provisions could operate when the filing of an AK may be made redundant or the lack of alignment between the entities covered under this regulation and those falling under the new reporting regime set forth in CERCIA. But overall, you get a clear picture that the business community has some reservations about the scope and implementation of this proposed reg. Now, this is where the world of cyber and directors and officers liability insurance intersect. Cyber policies generally pick up regulatory proceedings, but you can expect to see securities matters excluded. Conversely, public company DNO policies often have exclusions for data privacy and network security matters. The question of coverage may well turn upon the lead-in phrase for these exclusions. In other words, can the insurer only deny a claim for the excluded subject, or does the exclusion extend to any matter alleging, based upon, arising out of, or in any way related to the excluded subject? This is one of those situations where the language used makes a world of difference. Now, please note, this is intended as general information and guidance, and you'll want to consult with a qualified insurance broker about your specific coverage needs. If you'd like a no-obligation review of how your policy wording lines up, you can DM me on LinkedIn or email me at david.fins at alliant.com, and I'll offer you my take, because here at Alliant, we are committed to helping you find the more rewarding way to manage risk. Thanks for listening.